Hello, everybody, and welcome to the May 3rd, 2021 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, you all likely saw this clip from Saturday of Utah Senator Mitt Romney getting booed by a bunch of Trump supporters at a meeting of Republicans in Utah. If you haven't, I'm just going to play the clip. So what do you think about President Biden's first 100 days? Now, you know me as a person who, uh, who says what he thinks, and I don't hide the fact that I wasn't a fan of our last president's character issues. And I'm also no fan... Aren't you embarrassed? And I'm also no fan of the... Responding to this, Romney said, You can boo if you'd like. I've been a Republican all my life. Which, side note, is untrue. He said during his 1994 Senate campaign that he was an independent during the Reagan-Bush years and specifically did not want to move America in the same direction Reagan and Bush did. Uh, he also had a variety of liberal positions, including a position on abortion that was perfectly summed up by Ted Kennedy as multiple choice. And then, of course, as governor of Massachusetts, he was a Rockefeller Republican, and then 08 came along, and he was the true conservative compared to John McCain. And then 2012 came along, and he was the establishment candidate compared to, uh, depending on who you ask, either Rick Santorum, Michelle Bachman, or Newt Gingrich. However, in all the media talk about this incident, nobody mentioned an important fact, and that is that if Republican voters in Utah really hated Romney so much, he wouldn't be nearly as successful as he actually is. In the 2008 Utah primary, Romney won 85% of the vote to John McCain's 5. 2012, he won 90% to Ron Paul's 5. In the general election, he got 73% to Barack Obama's 25. There's a reason why Romney picked Utah when he actually decided to run for Senate in 2018. And I mention this because this is the thing that is never actually talked about regarding the America First movement within the Republican Party. People talk about the great schism of the Republican Party all of a sudden, as if this isn't a group of an incredibly vocal minority. Most of them cannot actually sustain any kind of political power, and instead just immediately fall to the dust. Uh, here, I'll give you guys just a few examples. So you guys likely remember the America First Caucus that lasted a grand total of one day, between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosser. Now, Green is, to put it simply, the most controversial member of Congress right now. So, immediately you can tell what kind of political power she has. Paul Gosser has had to essentially remain in the shadows out of fear of, well, getting the Steve King treatment. Because at the end of the day, Paul Gosser and Steve King basically agree on everything. In fact, Paul Gosser was one of the people trying to reinstate King's committee assignments after he defended white nationalism and white supremacy. I'm sorry, asked why it was offensive to be a white nationalist. This was, by the way, several years after 
Andrew Anglin, the founder of the Daily Stormer, you know, the neo-Nazi website that's literally named after Dor Stormer, the state newspaper of Nazi Germany, had called King an open white supremacist. But nobody gave the memo to Paul Gosser. Or they did, and he either didn't care or actively liked that. Last week, both Chris Kobach and Laura Loomer announced that they would once again attempt to seek political office. Now, those who listened to the podcast last year might remember Chris Kobach for his attempt to run for Senate in the state of Kansas, the attempt that ended spectacularly as he consistently failed to get any support in the polls and then just kind of blamed the establishment whenever his campaign flundered to the wind. That was what Chris Kobach was. This would also be the third time Chris Kobach has run for office in which he would lose, assuming he does lose, which I have very much reason to believe he will. For those who don't know, Chris Kobach was originally the Secretary of State in the state of Kansas. Then he ran for governor in 2018 in an election where he was credibly accused of voter suppression and that he lost in. Seriously. And then, of course, he ran for Senate in 2020. Laura Loomer is currently making her third, I believe, run for Congress, and again, the first two attempts were horribly unsuccessful. Do you guys know the name Lyndon LaRouche? You know, the bizarre conspiracy theorist who ran for president every time from 1972, I believe, until 2004? The America First movement has so many candidates like this. Just bizarre people who keep running no matter how many times they're told to shut up. The fact is, America First is not a popular movement. It keeps deluding itself into thinking it's popular, but it is not in any way popular. It is a movement primarily ran by very, very loud people who, to put it simply, nobody likes. That's why they keep losing. That's why Donald Trump lost in 2020. That's why anytime they get a candidate to Congress, they immediately become the subject of controversy. That's why Steve King lost his primary, despite the fact he had been in Congress for, I believe it was, 16 years at that point. That's the reason why Chris Kobach lost his primary in 2020, and I have no doubt will lose again in 2022. That's the reason Laura Loomer lost in 2018 and 2020. Correction, Laura Loomer did not run in 2018, my mistake. If these are the people that are supposed to be holding up the America First movement, then essentially the America First movement is a paper tiger. And either the America First movement realizes this, maybe moderates their positions in some way, maybe actually finds people who are even remotely likable, or they can continue entering political obscurity further and further, like they were, essentially, up until Donald Trump, all while blaming the establishment for the fact that ordinary Americans won't vote for them. And we know which one they're going to pick. Anyway, now it's time for Dumbest Thing I've Ever Heard, the segment where I rapid-fire insult people and settle some personal vendettas. Speaking of personal vendettas, the bronze goes to the Hasbro Corporation. New Pip and Sunny toy images appear, reported Equestria Daily yesterday. Some brand magazine out there in the wild has posted up two new images of upcoming Pip and Sunny toys, Pip and Sunny being the ponies in MLP G5. 
Pip looks to include a mic stand, hitting that they are really going with the pop star role. Now, Hasbro, I don't know if you guys know this, but G5 is not premiering for another four and a half months. So, why do you are you already advertising the toys? I mean, I can understand having them made or even shipping them to a few stores at this point, but shouldn't you actually wait for the series to premiere if only to make sure people like it before you start pushing out the toys and advertising them everywhere? Just saying, guys. The runner-up is Hunter Biden, as Raymond J. Kassam said on Twitter, quote, Listen to me. Towards the end of Hunter Biden's book, he reveals how a giant owl led him to Prescott, Arizona, and then he hooked up with his dead brother's widow in an attempt to bring him back to life. Are people all over the country seeing owls? Hooting hallucinations tonight on Sick Sad World. Sorry, that's the only thing I could think of. But the winner is little Nicky Fuentes himself, who tweeted on April 30th, 2021, What the fuck is this at McDonald's? And he posted a picture of him getting a burger upside down. Uh, now, Nick, I, I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> there's actually a really easy way to solve this problem. Turn the burger right side up. Then... It's no longer upside down. But seriously, I make fun of this when I've had bad experiences at McDonald's too. On one occasion, I ordered some burgers from McDonald's, which were kind of harmed by the fact they forgot to put in a burger. So I'm not saying I don't relate to Nick's struggle here. With that said though, I, I can tell you what the fuck this is, Nick. It's an upside down burger. Nothing really special. Nick Fuentes, you've said the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, um, listen, I, I plan to just go into straight news stuff after dumbest thing I've ever heard. Then, I saw this in Revolver just as I was finishing up today's dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I, I have to take a minute to respond to it. So first off, I think we're all just supposed to pretend that Nora Bin Laden is a thing now. I don't know why it's a thing, but it's a thing now. And yes, for those who don't know, she's, I believe, the niece of Osama Bin Laden. Now, mind you, by itself, that is not incriminating, okay? The Bin Laden family was already one of the wealthiest and largest families in all of Saudi Arabia, there were, I think it was estimated, that there were 56 different people who were related to Osama bin Laden in Saudi Arabia at the time of the 9-11 attacks. So just having the last name bin Laden, not in of itself threatening or incriminating. Bin Laden himself had either 20 or 26 children, or somewhere between 20 or 26 children. I believe spread upon three or four different wives. Or no, it was five different wives. Um, because polygamy is just common in Middle Eastern countries, again, including Saudi Arabia, which is where Bin Laden grew up, and the Bin Ladens are a Saudi Arabian family. So, again, not gonna make fun of this woman for her family ties. 
I will make fun of her for saying during the election that she's gotten more backlash for being a Trump supporter than for being a Bin Laden, especially considering people choose to be Trump supporters and not Bin Ladens. And also, source please! Anyway, yesterday was the 10th anniversary of Bin Laden's death, although, as every good Trump supporter knows, Bin Laden was never killed by Obama. And, by the way, a little side note, I really hate the fact that now whenever I mention that there are unanswered questions about Bin Laden's death, I basically forever am attached to Trump supporters making ridiculous statements. And, by the way, there are still several unanswered questions about Osama Bin Laden's death, um, but that's a very different topic we're not getting into right now. But in honor of the 10th year anniversary, the website Revolver, which you might remember for having that paragraph I constantly make fun of, where they say that NATO forcing Ukraine to hold gay pride parades is imperialism, which, one, never happened, NATO never forced Ukraine to hold pride parades, and two, even if it did, oh no! <laughs> Well, they ran an article yesterday, Nor Bin Laden reflects on Osama's death and Biden's America, where patriots are the new terrorists. Of course, this is a narrative that the Republican Party, or not the Republican Party as a whole, but a handful of Trump supporters have been pushing that this war against Trump supporters after what happened on the Capitol on January 6th is the new war on terror. Um, which, for the record, when it does become that, I will speak out against it, but there's a big issue with warning about that, and that's that nobody's calling for it. You know, if you look at anyone who's mentioned it in politics, the only person I can think of who even proposed the idea of it happening, not proposed as in support it, but proposed the idea of it happening was Ilhan Omar, and she said she'd be against her. It was either it was either Omar or Tlaib. I forget which one. It was... I think it actually might have been Tlaib. I think it might have been Tlaib, not Omar. But that's besides the point. And by the way, of everyone in the Senate, only two senators have spoken out against the fact that solitary confinement is being used for people who stormed the Capitol on January 6th while they're in jail, awaiting a trial, might I add. And both of them have been Democrats. Because, again, Democrats care more about Republican voters than Republicans do. Now, I want to begin by saying a few things that Norbin Laden and I completely agree on, okay? The first thing that we both agree on is that not everyone who was a Trump supporter on January 6th in Washington, D.C., should be lumped in with the insurrectionists or the people who stormed the Capitol or whatever you want to call them. Doesn't matter what you want to call them. The fact is, we all know what they did, okay? Now, I take that to mean that we should, at the very least, arrest and hold trials for the people who did enter the Capitol and allow lawyers, juries, and judges to figure out what the correct sentencing should be. And, for that matter, if someone did not enter the Capitol, they should be left alone. If they were just in D.C., rather it was to hear Trump's speech. As I was, or I wasn't in D.C., but I was watching the TV when Trump's speech occurred. If I could have been there, I would have seen his speech. 
just because it's an important day. Okay, it was the day the Electoral College votes were going to be counted. I would have seen that in person if I could have. I'll be blunt with you guys. Now, those people, the people who did not enter the Capitol, who just watched Trump's speech, maybe they even peacefully protested the election results. That is fine. You're allowed to do that in a free country. They should not be arrested. They should be left alone. I'll say I disagree with their takes, but I would not encourage their arrest. Nor Bin Laden takes the fact that not everyone there entered the Capitol as evidence that nobody entered the Capitol. Seriously, that's what she argued on January 19th of this year in Revolver. Here is her on January 19th. Another important truth is this. There was no insurrection at the Capitol, and the president never called for anything but peace, as evidenced by his own words. And what is her evidence of this? Well, she says that it wasn't all white supremacists who were in D.C. that day, which, okay. And then goes on to quote some people who were at the rally, but who felt like the people who entered the Capitol overtook their peaceful message. They took our day and stole its significance. Like the majority of Americans there that day, Jen and her group of friends flew from all corners of the U.S. to attend. We wanted to stand up for the president and for ourselves, the marginalized and downtrodden Americans that Congress forgot. Wait, wait, wait. Who took the day and stole its significance, exactly? Was it holograms invented by the liberal media? No, it was people who entered the Capitol. Okay, I'm sorry, but that is objectively what happened. Again, we can argue about what to call that if you want, if you want to be pedantic. However, that is, again, what objectively happened. On the rioters, Jen went to say, those who infiltrated our peaceful movement were there for a purpose. Wait, 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 wait! What do you mean, on the rioters? I thought there were no riots! That's what you just said, like, three paragraphs ago! And she does the same thing in this article. Quote, Since that day, the regime has waged, that, that day being 1-6, has waged an unbashed attack on the character of Trump supporters, labeling them as domestic terrorists, extremists, or white supremacists. And what is her evidence of this? A statement from the Secretary of Homeland Security, as well as from President Biden, that they will fight extremists, terrorists, and white supremacists that didn't mention Trump supporters once. The only people who are conflating terrorist extremists and white supremacists with Trump supporters are other Trump supporters. What do you know? Ain't that kind of funny. By the way, Joe Biden has repeatedly said, including in his inaugural address, that he will govern for all Americans. Who do you think he's referring to when he mentions that he'll work for Americans who didn't vote for him? You think he's talking about Green Party voters? No, he's talking about Trump supporters and Republicans. And in fact, many of his plans would completely help Trump supporters and help Republicans in rural areas. His universal broadband plan, for example, would help rural area people who do tend to vote Republican. Oh, and there is the fact that 
there are all those Democratic governors of Republican-led states, or Republican-majority states, I should say, um, who could have let their old population die to COVID, but didn't, despite the fact that many of them got massive backlash for that. Just wanted to remind you which side cares more about you guys. Which one isn't hanging you out to dry all the time? You just can't make this up. You really can't make this up. Now, can you? And she isn't even the first one to do this, by the way. We just had Will Chamberlain a few months ago go on about how they're targeting Trump supporters when the military talked about weeding out people who had called for overthrowing the federal government. So all Trump supporters want the federal government to be overthrown? If that's the case, then yeah, they are dangerous. Sorry, they are dangerous. They are advocating for sedition. Now, I don't believe most Trump supporters are doing that. But I'm not the one claiming they are. Now, am I? It's Will Chamberlain and Noon Bin Laden over here who are claiming that. And again, it goes to show you these people have the messaging skills, assuming this is unintentional, I should note, which I don't know if it is or not. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, say it's unintentional, and call it off here. I am Ephraim, and good night.